Let's go, baby. Wisconsin and Greg Gard, they said, would never get to a Final Four. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. The Badgers indeed going to the Final Four. Rowdy, we got to think of a new name. Final Four March Madness. we got to think of a new name. The, the Friendly Four in Las Vegas for the NIT. Badgers take down Oregon. A hell of a game. A hell of a final a couple minutes as Wisconsin gets it done. 61-58 over the Ducks. Max Klesman, 14 of his 18 points on the stretch. Chucky Hepburn, a huge three-pointer. Connor Asijan with some uh, good plays as well. And the Badgers got some big balls swinging to Vegas on March 28th. Rowdy, good morning. How are we feeling, brother? Yeah, good morning. They're moving on to take on North Texas. North Texas. Rowdy and I both got our Wisconsin gear on today. Uh, feeling it. Let's hear the King already asked. Uh, are you guys getting NIT Final Four shirts? Well, we got to think of a, a new name. The Final Four is more March Madness, right? NCAA tournament. Uh, the Friendly Four? Uh, something. Some, we'll think of something. And then he also asked, did the Badgers cut the nets down last night? Uh, no, I did I did not see the Badgers cutting the, the nets down last night. Did, did you see the Badgers no, cutting the nets down last night? I don't think night? that's allowed. I don't think they did that. Uh, I would ask some of the crowd there, but... Uh, Dana Altman, uh, Oregon's coach, not happy with the Oregon faithful as uh, it was even less than the Badgers' first game against Bradley at the Kohl Center. Badgers had like 3,500 at the Kohl Center uh, against Bradley in the opening round. Last night in Oregon, less than 3,300 fans. Dana Altman, not happy about it. I'll read his comments a little later. That was almost like the Badgers' first game. Pretty close in attendance. That's literally uh, what I just said. but, But that's the thing. This... Oregon, this was a six o'clock tip. Yeah, well, Wisconsin had an eight. Wisconsin's tip. had an eight thirty tip against Bradley on a on a was it a Sun- Sunday Sunday, and it, it was during their s- school spring break. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. there was a lot more going against Wisconsin when they pulled in thirty nine hundred people versus Oregon's thirty eight hundred on a Tuesday at six. That wasn't necessarily on their spring break. <laughs> Yeah, so Wisconsin, I mean, the game was very exciting. It was a hell of a game. Badgers uh, were down, obviously, in the second half, if you were watching. They were down eight point, eight point deficit. And, uh, I mean, I think at one point one of the commentators was like, oh, you know, does Wisconsin ever change up their play? Because obviously something's not working. And then the other colored guy was like, as long as I've known, Wisconsin doesn't change up their play. They stick with what they know. And what happened? Well, after the Badgers got it done, they sh- every time that Oregon had a score, the Badgers would answer, and the Badgers crunched down at the end. They kept battling, and they got it done. There has been no fight, or uh, no lack of fight for this team, I should say. As uh, I don't know, man, Wisconsin looking damn good. Tyler Wall, one of nine shooting. The Badgers really struggled, Rowdy, last night with, and I know you've heard this before and you've seen it, with layups. With by the rim, I don't understand how you're seven feet tall or six eleven and you can't put it in. It's oh. Never understood. I mean, Tyler Wall was one for nine. Like that just said that, that again. Yeah, that's you can't do that. No, and his one basket was a three pointer. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't understand. It's been something that's plagued the Badgers all season. Why can't you make a layup? I don't know. Don't get it. But hey, they're moving on. Finishing around the rim for the Badgers, tough. They went 8-for-22 around the basket. That's 30, 36.3%. Again, as we just said, Tyler Wall, 
the biggest offender of it, one and nine shooting with his one bucket coming as a three. Like I understand that Tyler Wall hurt his ankle and he was out those three games, and then those first probably three games back after that, it was kind of he doesn't look a hundred percent right. But then he's ha- he's peppered in some really good games since then. But there's been a lot of not so good games in there. The only thing I would have to say to Tyler Wall is, what happened to you? What? <laughs> What happened to you, Tyler Wall? Well, th- go back to the ankle injury. I mean, that's where his everything... But you can't still blame it on an ankle you injury. You can't, but that's where his numbers started dipping off was it's, after the ankle it's injury. It's been two months, and he's I played agree. with it every single game. But that's when the numbers started dipping off, so I, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Wall did struggle with Oregon's size. I mean, Oregon, the fifth tallest team in the nation. Uh, you know, Stephen Crowell, he wasn't out there pitching anyone like he was before. So, uh, again, size coming through. But Max Klesman, Max Klesman... That's the dude right there. Team high, 18 points, 14 of them in the second half. Uh, a couple a couple suggestions coming in right now for not the final four because that's reserved for March Madness. Uh, I can't read yours on Air King, but um, the it starts with an S. I won't say the S part of it. The Hitty four. We can't say that on air, so I can't really say it. I feel like that's reserved for the CBI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you think there wasn't many people at Oregon uh, last night to see Wisconsin play, wait till you, uh, we tell you about the CBI. I counted them. Yeah, Rowdy counted them. You could pause the TV. Uh, my guy, John Gay Midwest, says, what about the failure for? Well, that would th- you guys are ha- having negative connotations. Wisconsin, they're vibing. They're having fun. They're still playing, and they look good doing it. We, the friendly four. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do a positive thing. You guys are all going negative on it. And everyone, I've seen everyone that was poo-pooing the NIT before the tournament started. A bunch of our listeners, I see your tweets. You guys are all, you know, boo-hoo about the NIT and saying how terrible it was. And now you're all tweeting about it, how awesome it is, and that the Badgers are winning and that they're going to Las Vegas. So which which one is it? Now the King says the missed out four. No, there's still, again, negative connotations, King. The, the missed out for, uh, that would belong to your Marquette Golden Eagles. They missed out. They didn't get out of the second round. Well, let me ask you this, Rowdy. Uh, maybe I'll do a Twitter poll. What would you rather be? I'd rather be Marquette. Out in the second <laughs> round or playing in the final four of the NIT? Marquette. Really? I'm you were, you were in the big dance. They won the Big East. They were a number two seed. There were a lot of positives. Now, obviously, there was one big nev- negative that had your season you know, come to a halting end. But... I mean, you've got to play in the tournament with the top 68 teams. I'm going to put that as a Twitter poll. That's a, that's a good litmus test. Would you rather have your team continue to play, or would you rather be bounced in the second round? You can't even make it out of the second round. Uh, King threw his Marquette hat away. I mean, you, I saw, I saw, I'm sure he took it out of the trash after the video stopped recording, but he, he threw it in the video. He threw the hat away. Uh, and then the King says, well, thank you, Nelson, for being on the Marquette side. I'll put a Twitter poll up. I think it's a it's a good thing. Um, would you rather be watching your team or trying to explain to everyone how getting bounced out of the second round is a good thing? I'll, I'll put a Twitter poll up. Now, there are a lot of positive moments from the NIT, True Advisor. You're right. Uh, and then, Rowdy, so you did some gambling. You did the Day of the Unders yesterday, and our guy Johnny Midwest just came back and said, I am all in on the NIT. That a baby. I knew you would. So you did all the unders for... CBI NIT. You got the under for the Badgers in Oregon last night. Yep, that was that was an easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that one was relatively easy. The easiest one of the night was our the third leg of our three game unders. 
That was the Charlotte under with oof the CBI. That was a it was it was a good bet, but it was a tough watch. <laughs> and speaking of tough watches, we'll save the other one. The no, you didn't get a win or a loss with your. Third I got under. a push on the first one, which is absolutely ridiculous, disgusting. It the fact that our under didn't hit in the first game is more disgusting than watching the actual play of the CBI, and that's pretty bad. Yeah, and now speaking of CBI, we'll I'll save you till six fifty and eight fifty to explain the push. Because it's a wild, it's a hilarious and a wild one. Rowdy, three thousand three hundred fans watching Oregon taking Wisconsin last night out in Oregon. Dana Altman pissed about it. Um, you know, NIT a little lesser of a tournament than March Madness, obviously. But the CBI, it just started what two days ago? Yesterday? Yeah. So uh, no, two, two days, days ago. Two days ago was the quote unquote first round of the CBI. Yesterday was already the semifinals. Today. Four o'clock, baby. CBI championship game. All about it. All and I don't know if many people are all about it because you ESPN counted. two. You counted last night watching the CBI. T- tell the folks a- as you were watching and what and you I, noticed. By the way, I'm pretty sure some of those were like family. <laughs> yes, th- th- and I, I counted when they zoomed out. I counted every single person. I put it on pause counted every single person you could see because it almost seemed like it was a one-sided gym. <laughs> there were 57 people in there. 57 people for the CBI. And Now, I wasn't counting the people at the counter or the assistant coaches. I was talking about people that are legitimately sitting in the stadium seating area where you would go to watch a good game. 57. <laughs> and... Clearly, you had your pick of the litter for where you wanted to sit. I wonder if you have a ticket, like, do they let you come sit up as close as possible? Or the ushers are like, oh, no, you got to go Did back. you see the other game that I, uh, or not the other game, the other picture that I sent you from the first game? Yeah. you could, It's a different angle, so you can kind of see how big the gym is. It looks like a high school gym. It doesn't, it doesn't look... <laughs> It doesn't look like it's much fanfare. To yeah, us. it looks like it's slightly bigger than your average Division One high school gym. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's very, very. Um, it's like going to Dodgeville, Wisconsin, and watching a basketball game. Fifty, you said fifty-seven. 57, yeah, 57? and then plus the, I firmly believe. Well, clearly the attendances are way down from a NIT or a March Madness. Yeah. Clearly, the the play and skill level is a lot lower since these are the teams that didn't make it to March Madness. They didn't make it to the NIT. They're here at the CBI. <laughs> but even the broadcast teams and like the play by play guys yeah, who were they like are way way worse than what the NIT or even even what March Madness gets it's definitely the C team for everybody i want to know i want to know who was broadcasting for that um who the who the team there was a there was a guy from charlotte i was God, watching just cuz i wanted to confirm that the under had hit even though it was a pretty low gross game to watch and the the guy on the broadcast was talking about the undersized power forward center for Charlotte who wore a headband, mm-hmm. kind of had the baggier jersey or shorts, and he was a little chunkier guy. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he had a good game uh, against Radford. Radford. This was his quote. 
Look at this guy. I love him. He's got a great package <laughs> and total game. He had, but he had like a pregnant pause. This guy's got a great package. package and total game. <laughs> and I'm like, like, huh? What are you looking at here, guys? It was a weird pause after he said, this guy's got a great package. I, I really want to find who these announcers were. I'm kind of on it right now. It's, uh, God, bless It was Charlotte Radford, and it was the late, the late CBI game. All I know is fanfare down, skill level down, broadcast team down. skill level down. We are down. We are down and out, babies. Uh, that's what you get the CBI, though. Um, oh, maybe this is it, Rob. Announcer schedule. I'm trying to find this because I don't know if I even heard of these people. Uh, our research department is on it. You know who I think actually one of them was? Who? Uh, don't quote me which game it was because I might have watched or at least watched parts of both CBI games. <laughs> I think Joe Lenardi was one of them. Okay. The, the, okay, yeah. Our guy Lit Bucky. Okay, here we go. Lit Bucky on Twitch says, yeah, Joe Lenardi is one of them, and he needs to stick to just brackets. Yes. <laughs> he, he wasn't as good, but he wasn't the guy that uh, was talking about this player that I was referencing. His package? Uh, yeah. I because he wasn't the play-by-play guy. He was more of like the color. Yeah. Um, so Lenardi is one of them. I am. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't good. Joe, Joe Lenardi wasn't. He wasn't great, but the other guy was even worse. You know, um, well, Robert, okay. So how would you, do you think you'd ever get something like this? Now, this is Kevin Harlan. If uh, this happened last week, this is a, a, an incredible call. Now, that's Kevin Harlan's call of Furman's win over Virginia, an instant classic when Harlan was losing his mind. Did we think we get anything close to that in no, the CBI? No. <laughs> no. These are these are guys that are like in the come up of sports broadcasting that uh they're trying to see if they got it or not. <laughs> uh Lunardi. Uh, Lunardi Lip Bucky says Lunardi was asked if anyone calls him Joseph, and he said then it got really awkward. Yes, <laughs> yes, that that was a thing. I was watching at that time. <laughs> what what happens? Like, does anyone call you Joseph? And he's like, What did he say? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say he said like not for a really long time or something like that to that extent. He just he, I, he, he's I, meant for brackets. Trust me, I was watching the game. He's meant for brackets. Is is what it is. Um, <laughs> the CBI and hey, it's over today, so it's it's done. CBI is going to be done, so it's over. Right? Today's the day. Yeah, it's championship, baby. Yeah, CBI championship, four o'clock, ESPN two. <laughs> Four o'clock for a championship. Don't ask me why I know it. Because <laughs> you're going to bet on it. I yes. <laughs> That's why he knows he's going to bet on it. Hey, undefeated in the CBI. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, Rowdy. Well, you are what Mr. Did I, CBI. What did I tell you? Nobody knows the CBI like I know the CBI. Rowdy is Mr. CBI. So look at my man over here. He's crushing it. All right. Also, uh, we'll get the comments from Greg Gard, Max Klesman as well. Uh, Rowdy, I think there was. Now, I don't know what happened because I went to bed. But our guy's secondhand smoke, John, I'll have to um, and uh, ask him once he gets out of bed. He had a tweet last night. I think there was Big J. I think there was a J-off, a, a Big J-off. That sounds a little awkward. But it was Big J on Big J violence, I think. Secondhand smoke, John, uh, after the game, 
he tweets at uh, another big J on the game of MKE. His name's Hunter. He says, hey, Hunter, what did you do? Why did you do Zach Halpern dirty on the postgame show? He was asking guard a great question only for you to cut him off early and deflect for more of your analysis. So I need to ask secondhand smoke John and our one and only Zach Halpern if there was a, a big J off last night, a J on J violence. And we were talking about journalism ethics yesterday. And right now there's some journalists attacking a journalist from what I gather. So I'm going to try to get Zach on to talk about the Badgers and then explain this this J off that was last night. Yeah, we'll have to have um, <laughs> journalism ethics 201 after we had 101 yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were getting to the bottom of it yesterday. Ben Kenny, I think, needs to go back to journalism 101 school because all the big J's we talked to yesterday uh, sided with us about uh, what is on or off the record. Only Ben Kenny was the one cowering to the journalism, what, whatever yeah, ethics and, he was And he's of. the one that kind of likes to be the journalism ethics gatekeeper. Yeah. And it, you know, it's kind of funny. A lot of the gatekeepers that love to gatekeep whatever they're gatekeeping, they're yeah. the ones that are always effing wrong. Exactly. And if you were to ask all the other J's yesterday, the journalist, it was our own kind of big J off yesterday. Ben Kenny was the one left in, alone in the corner J and off. Differently, you know what I'm saying, Rowdy. So Ben Kenny was in the wrong for the J off yesterday. J- journalism, that's what the J. Stands and then, uh, well, obviously, these journos. Who knows? Maybe all three of them are wrong. <laughs> they very well could be. Well, I've been guy. Robbie is Robbie wrong? Like I trust Rob at all. Oh, I don't know. Ask depending on when you're asking or what what faction of listeners you're asking. That's he's true. Wrong a lot. He's wrong a lot on when he J's off about Rogers. So I don't know. Very interesting. Big J off last night. God, that sounds awkward, but I kind of like it. Uh, the feisty four, the formidable four, instead of the final four for uh, NIT. What do you think? The the feisty four, Rowdy? The formidable four? The friendly four? I don't, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Gone in 60 coming up. Hey, there's more. There's one. The CBI championship is tonight, and there's two more NIT games tonight. Yep. Yep. And no, Z and the D, there is no uh, March Madness tonight. That starts again tomorrow. Yeah, March Madness, it's always Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, not Wednesday. Until you get to the Final Four, then it's Saturday, Monday. Are you sure? (laughs) Every year. (laughs) I don't think it's changed. We got the Razor's Edge coming up here. Rowdy is crushing it in the CBI, (laughs) which is awesome. I love it. I got a Twitter poll up. I almost forgot about it. Um, We talked about it right away when the show started. Which would you rather be, bounce out of the second round of March Madness or playing in the final four of the NIT? Playing in the final four of the NIT. Final answer. Right now, early return, 63% say bounce out of the second round. Here's the best part. Well, hang, hang on one second. The, the best part is the Marquette fans that get so worked up over all this. It's so funny. Yes. Because a Marquette fan, I assume as a Marquette fan, responded to it. This is so weird. At this point, who gives a bleep about a tournament you're not in? You get no bonus points. For losing. Uh, basketball is basketball. It's still playing is better than only watching. Oh, so maybe he doesn't disagree with it. I, yeah. It's not that I don't... I do kind of care because I get to watch Wisconsin. It's fun. Yeah. And I like to poke fun of Marquette. I, it, like, I understand fandom. You can be... Uh, you go up and down with it, right? I can't tell but if he if disagrees with that or not. If you don't enjoy watching your team, 
and making fun of find a new team and making fun of teams that you don't enjoy or the fact I can't tell if he likes it or not. A lot of it is just have fun with it. We're happy our team's still playing. Are we happy it's in the NIT? No. Uh, Are we? Are or the people who who think like when when (laughs) we touch the spot, RJ? Yes. When you came out and were like. I'm all in on the NIT, and somebody goes, "You're settling to just take tank this program." No, I'm not settling, settling at all. I'm ready to watch the Badgers play some basketball. I'm not sitting here like North Carolina, who's preseason number one, and says, "Well, Tough look we've for embarrassed them. ourselves enough this season. Tough look for them. We're not going to play anymore, which means we're done practicing. Tough look for them. We can. The Badgers can still practice. The Badgers can still play." Yes, they're now winning these one-possession games that they were losing during the season. RJ's inspired. And sure, the first two rounds, lesser competition. RJ's inspired, baby. But you went up against a bigger team. Granted, they were missing like three players. But still, I think the better team lost last night. (laughs) Well, I mean, Oregon is Um, statistically better. But it's... It's honestly... It was a really good game. It was fun to watch. If you're not watching the NIT... Go change teams. I'm like, glad that Wisconsin like still playing. Our listeners have so far. Am, this I, am I satisfied that being NIT? No, but is it cool that they're in the final four of it? The the friendly four, the the forgetful four, whatever the hell we're going to call it. So <laughs> yeah. the next game against North Texas, North Texas also statistically better than Wisconsin. Keep knocking them off, Bucky. All right, before we get to break, line one. Good morning. Who who this? Tommy. Hey Tommy, what's up, dude? You know, I'm into it. I think the yeah. NIT is actually fun, and you know, yeah. maybe the Badgers finally hit this level where they're they're one of the better teams. You know, it's like maybe the Big Ten is too tough for them the way they're playing. <laughs> I don't know. Tom, they're the only, well outside of Michigan State, they're the only team still playing basketball in March in the, from the yeah. Big Ten. The, the thing I got to ask is, if you're a coach and you see your team not score for four minutes, just let it keep going, or do you do something? I don't understand. You know, the thing is, I always think you need a really strong big man and a really good sniper from the outside. And we got guys that this positionless basketball thing where everyone's supposed to do everything. It just, you know, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I wish. Tom, we don't apologize around here. It's into the it's into the friendly four, the forgot, the forgetful four, the whatever the final four of the NIT is. I'm proud of them, baby. That was getting rough near the end, and all of a sudden they flipped it around. That's what we like to see. Tom, eight, Tommy, by the way, eight days away from opening day. How we feeling, brother? Oh, my God. can't believe it. You ready? I'm you ready, Tommy? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. What, what's your prediction? Do you have a Brewers win total prediction? Uh, I don't know enough about this team, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say 93. Oh. <laughs> what's the over-under already, 86? Uh, I think it was 85 and a half. 85 and Somewhere a half. in there, yeah. Tommy, if they do 93, I... I will. Who's our first baseman? They're saying there's some new name for first base. Who's at first base? Uh, it's yeah, probably going to be Rowdy Telez and probably Lucas Voigt. Rowdy. Lucas Voigt is the one. If that guy can end up taking over that spot and play well, that's going to be a key. Expectations, boys. Fickleball. Wisconsin football. First spring practice, Saturday. Yeah. How are we feeling now? Uh, I already got expectations where I expect this team to be. Yeah, that's what he's asking. Worst, worst, worst possible win total that I will be saying is acceptable year one, nine wins. Nine, nine and wins? three. Nine and three is what they got to get to. RJ, nine wins? Yeah. Everyone's already anointing Luke Fickle like national champion. Well, it yeah, seems like. it's because he's... Such a better coach than Wisconsin has ever had. 
That's what I've been told. Is he, though? That's what I've been told. We've been told that a lot. He hasn't coached yet. No, not here at least. No, not for Wisconsin. But, I mean, he was National Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. He did take uh, a, a, a C team to the college football playoffs. Cincinnati. Something no coach here has ever done. Yep. Uh, and, yeah. the Well, he's he been winning. He's yeah, been winning all and of the, you know, off off the field, off season hearts and minds, right? Like he's done everything right with the transfer portal. He's done everything right since the time he got there where he only had like what, six to eight weeks in that left in that recruiting cycle, getting the players that he got, having the recruiting class that they did. He's won all the headlines in the off season. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to do it in the regular season. But I think you know, expectations with a different system, a new coaching staff, and new weight staff, new everything coming in here, losing some guys, gaining some guys, looking at the schedule being more of a cupcake schedule. At a minimum, they got to win nine games to feel like that was a successful first season. Lit, Lit Bucky on Twitch says college football playoffs are bust. This is the year to go get them with that schedule. Yeah, and then after that, you get two new teams into the Big Ten. Things change. Yeah. UCLA and USC coming in. Things change. You have one big that, game, Ohio State, that's coming in. The thing that stinks the biggest. is unfortunately, if this was like year two or year three of the, the fickle era and they were continuing to have success and, and, you know, we're this giddy after two or three years, too bad this wasn't the schedule they had before the Big Ten expanded. Yep. Obviously, you can't change that. The nope. UCLA and USC's of the world are coming in in 2024, and he gets one year with the Big Ten West. But man, I would I would have expectations of college football playoffs if this was like year two or three of Fickle and everything was going pretty well. Now, uh, Rowdy, you'd send this to us, and I saw it making its rounds before that as well. Big Ten coaching uh, coach rankings, and this was uh, you know coming from uh, a couple of publications and they did the big 10 coach rankings per, you know, a uh, college football writer. Uh, number one was Jim Harbaugh. Number two was Ryan day and coming in for a big 10 coach ranks, Luke fickle, number three, then it was James Franklin, four, Kirk Ferentz, five, Brett Bielema, was sixth, Matt rule, seventh, PJ Fleck, eighth, top of column two, Mel Tucker, ninth, top <laughs> of column two, and a boy PJ put it on a ring, Pat Fitzgerald, 10th, a uh, Loxley, 11th. You have Shiano, 12th, Allen, not t- Tim Allen, Tom Allen, 13th, and Ryan Walters at 14th. I disagree with some of this stuff. Like, it's actually kind of funny looking at the, the coach rankings. Do you think Jim Harbaugh would have been number? Where do you think Jim Harbaugh would have been on this list if uh, we were doing it in 2020? I mean, because he had yet to slay that Ohio State dragon, right? Be, and he was losing to Michigan State. Yeah. He was losing to Wisconsin. You think he'd be fifth just because of his I, name? No. I, you know, He's probably, yeah, I think he's still in the top five, but yeah, I think like, he's probably fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. I'd, I'd put, yeah, I'd put him behind Day. Uh, at the time, he'd be be behind Christ. At the time, he'd be behind James Franklin and Kurt Ferentz. So, yeah, I guess so fifth. I, yeah. I, I look at this list. I actually think that the top the top three is Maybe pretty sixth, legit. Because I think Pat Fitzgerald in 2020 would have been up there. Well, that's like this is where I'm getting. I think the top three are pretty legit. Like Jim Harbaugh, he's finally slayed his Ohio State dragon. Seems like he's climbed the hill. Ryan Day, for everyone that wants to poo-poo and fire Ryan Day, Who's dude, poo? there was multiple oh, people that wanted there's him fired. Out there. How are we looking? 
that that That's might one be them. one of them. But it's like, dude, they've literally lost like one game the last two years, and it just happened to be Michigan. And oh yeah, by the way, before that, they reeled off like a hundred wins in a row against Michigan. Yeah, like chill out. I get it. If he loses, yeah, they dominated. Them. Yeah, if if they lose like two two more times in a row, then you're probably like ah. But still, the guy has won and and. I think you could say has put together some rosters with talent that might be the most talented Ohio totally. State teams that they've ever had. Yeah. And and they won national championships with Jim Trussell. They won national championship with Urban Meyer. Like the guy is not a bum. Yeah. And again, I said this before. If Ryan Day is ever fired and Luke Fickle decides to jump ship and go to Ohio State. Bring him here. I would Bring hire home. Ryan Day in a second yeah. to come to Wisconsin. Bring him home. But regardless, you know who the biggest faker is? And I I, I don't think he's that good of a coach. James Franklin. Yeah, James Franklin. I think he is the most overrated Big Ten coach ever. He brings in a lot of good talent, but how many times did that talent not reach its ability? Like and how year? many times do it's like, well, we can't beat Ohio State, we can't beat Michigan, and Ohio State's always like the third, fourth, fifth best team in the Big Ten, yet they're recruiting arguably at the second or third highest level. I have a family member who went to college with him and says everything you see in public and on TV is fake. He well, has he, a completely fake persona. And in real life, if you meet, met him, no cameras were on, he'd be a complete dick to you. Not to judge a book by its cover, but kind of get that vibe. Yeah. It's like PJ Fleck. Who'd you rather hang out? James Franklin or PJ Fleck? Who'd you rather hang out with? Uh, I'd just grab a drink and just go, s- go sit in the corner and look at, this, at the yeah. wall and have, <laughs> have them both jawing my ear off, just being like, when can I leave? Like, can I be well, like deaf? I, when can I leave? If Q-tips, I'll jam in my ears. I get number five, Kirk Ferentz, just because he's been there forever, and I was, again, the king of nine and three. Yeah. Yep. Get that. Brett Bielema's solid in there at six. Matt Rule, I kind of question a little bit, just because he had a lot of success at Baylor, yeah. but it was a very short time period, and then he went to the... Like, I like Matt Rule. I think that's yeah. a, a solid coach, good hire for Nebraska, but the... When you look at him versus some of the other coaches that are above, and I would even argue some of the coaches that are below, yeah. it's like he really doesn't have the staying power or the consistency or the longevity. And then PJ Fleck kind of is what he is. I think Mel Tucker is way too high on this list. Yeah. Like number nine, Pat Fitzgerald's getting big time disrespect on this list. Pat, I know Northwestern hasn't been good the last couple of years. But, man, the things that he has done in the past with some pretty bad teams with Mm -hmm. a lack of talent going up against some of these other teams like the Ohio States, Michigans, Wisconsin's, Penn State's of the world. Pat Fitzgerald, remember, just I think it was going into 2019, we were talking about who who gets more out of their lack of talent, Paul Crist or Pat Fitzgerald. Now, Paul Crist is fired, and Pat Fitzgerald is the 10th Big Ten coach? In in a fourteen man ranking, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of. Di- and what has Mel Tucker done? <laughs> he had some good years in Colorado. Great, the Pac twelve outside of a few teams are sissies. He had Kenneth Walker the third. That's what yeah. he's done. Yeah. They, they haven't 
done any. Michigan State hasn't been anything special since no. he got there. You're talking about people saying they already want him fired, but they can't because of the big, yeah. what was it, 10-year guaranteed money that they gave him? Thanks yep. for taking Saeed Khalif off our hands in the... Just yeah, Ben Kenny's still crying about that. Relying solely on the transfer Doesn't seem portal. to be working out. They I also were... think that Greg Schiano might be a little bit underrated on this list coming in at 12. I mean, this is a guy that... He ha- he's the only coach to ever have success at Rutgers, <laughs> and now he's back at Rutgers, getting absolutely no offensive talent. That's Rutgers, yeah. and they like they play competitive games, but it's like, dude, your offense stinks. He's obviously a defensive coordinator yeah. by trade, but it's like I think he pound for pound is better than Mel Tucker. Again, I mean, that, that's one though. He also took over a Rutgers program that. Was went terrible. Way they were after terrible. Yeah, like they're at least somewhat competitive in these lower level Big Ten games. They were freaking awful. Yeah, Remember were when we out. were in the the better days before COVID, when they oh, had Rutgers the here. Time. Rutgers was here in like 2019, and yeah. we're like, you guys, there's fans of Rutgers, and he's like, yeah, yeah. we exist. Well, yeah, I remember that. We're at the tailgate, like, yeah. how many Rutgers fans are there actually? And then like two people showed up, and like, come on here, you got to come on here. You guys are like, you're here. legitimately fans of Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. He's like, we're on a Big Ten tour. I love Madison. Yeah, like, it's like, I didn't know you guys existed. And then he's like, then he had high hopes for Shiano coming back. So I think Pat Fitzgerald is disrespected in this. I think Greg Shiano, to a, a little bit, to a degree, is disrespected. But I think it's pretty clear cut to me. I think the bottom three should be Mel Tucker, Tom Allen, and then Ryan Walters, who's a first year yeah, guy. Yeah, just for being yeah. in Brandon. Mike Loxley is actually, for being in. Maryland, that I guess would be more considered a basketball school. Yeah. He uh, got Talia up there. He, he's gotten some talent from the East Coast. Like he has in that Maryland area, DC area, recruited quite well. And Maryland is actually a seven and five type competitive athletic team. Yeah. He's gotten them better, but still, I th- yeah, I think the bottom three for me would be Tucker, Allen, Walters. And the top three is spot on Harbaugh, Day, Fickle. For you, Rowdy. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the top three spot on. We'll get the comments from Mark Murphy after 8 o'clock. But Mark Murphy, he was... Uh, Mark Murphy's been hilarious through this whole like Aaron Rodgers saga. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, he's like, you know, that Aaron Rodgers is an interesting fella. And also he's like, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers, the WIA state girls basketball game <laughs> where he's basically spilling all the beans. Yeah. He's like, well, I can't say anything. And then he immediately goes right into it. And you're like, all right, well, this guy just tipped the hand of the Packers. They don't, they're done with Rodgers. And you got the report from Bob McGinn before Rodgers went to the darkness that they were, quote, disgusted about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think it's, it's more of a Mark Murphy falling out, boys, than it is maybe a Brian Goody? I mean, Goody obviously uh, drafted Jordan Love, pissing off Aaron Rodgers. But if you remember, at the end of Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, uh, Mark Murphy had the triangle of power. He said everything needs to be reported to him. Like, you can't make a move until I know about it. Mark Murphy, is it the relationship soured because of the top of the triangle? Marcus Murphy? Well, if you listen to what Aaron Rodgers said in the in the Pat McAfee interview there the other day or the other week, uh he talks about the old regime with Ted Thompson and, you know, some of the other guys that went on to become either GMs or assistant GMs across yeah. the league. Well, Brian Gutekunst was actually part of the Thompson tree. Like he was in and had been in with Ted Thompson for a while. It's not like Brian Gutekunst was some random hire off the street that had no connections with the Green Bay Packers. And 
we've seen that Brian Gutekunst actually allowed Aaron Rodgers to have a little bit more say or to at least be in on the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that Aaron Rodgers really wanted. Now, that being said, could he have been upset with Gutekunst and some of the things maybe that he decided to do? 100%, I get it. But, I mean, we've talked about it. Overall, Goody has been hit or miss drafting. Terrible in the third round. Ter- yeah, terrible in the third round. But he's had some really good hits. He When he's had money to sign free agents before they really maxed out their credit cards the last couple of years, yeah. they've... Smith brothers were great. He, he's yeah, done quite well in free agency. Like, he's been an above-average GM, in my opinion. He took a roster yeah. that was filled with AAF and XFL players and actually made it respectable as a roster he, as a whole. He's got an eye for good street free agents. Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell. I mean... Like, he, he hasn't done a horrible job where it's like, this guy needs to be fired. Now, I agree with you. I think the riff is with Mark Murphy. I think, I think it's Mark Murphy. And then you hear some of the comments on how Mark Murphy responds and, and He's a says about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Mark Murphy and Aaron Rodgers like each other. I don't think I so think, either. I think Goody is collateral damage. Yeah. I think LaFleur is collateral damage that happened to be between the two. Because Mark Murphy, Aaron Rodgers is very eloquent when he talks. Like he, he's, he thinks about what he's going to say and like he's got a plan. Mark Murphy just goes up there. He's like, uh, 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 he's, uh, he's an interesting fella. Uh, I can't say anything, but yeah, we've done to this guy. We want to trade him. Mark Murphy's just like gruff. Like he seems aloof, like a doofus. But we'll get the comments of more doofy comments from Mark Murphy that he had uh, that broke uh, the other day. Uh, before that, though, got news of the weird coming up. Line four. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Todd from Mount <laughs> How are right. you? Hey, Todd. Hey. Todd, I'm good, man. You're calling card. Aaron Rodgers and the, the doofuses in the front office. Murphy, come on. That guy's got dementia. Something <laughs> really weird about it. Plus, he's got a toupee that looks like hell. Is it a, is it a toupee? Do we think it's a toupee? Hey. Is it one? It's either a toupee or he colors his hair really bad. <laughs> One I, or the other. I'm not, a, Mur- I'm not a Mark Murphy guy. I think he's a dingus. No, he's he's awful. And I'm not a gook guy. You know that, too. Yeah. I almost, I almost part of me, for the good of the Packers, hope that they crash for a year or two so they can get rid of these and get somebody outside of the organization once. Uh, yeah, because, oh. I mean, Murphy, or not Murphy, uh, Goody from the Ted Thompson tree, they did dip outside of Matt LaFleur, but I think Matt LaFleur is kind of just like a, he's like the puppet to the puppet master that is Mark Murphy. For sure. Hey, Thank shouldn't you. the Badgers have won by about 20 if they had made some layups? <laughs> Oh God! No. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's the story like, of the season. They're so bad at layup, like around the rim, they're terrible. One time the, the announcer said they were four for 11, and I saw them miss a couple after that. It's like, what is going on with that? Todd, they finished, um, uh, what was it? They finished around the rim. How did they eight, win? They finished eight for 22 around the rim. That's 36.3%. Oh. My good. And they don't have a real shooter outside either. So how do they win? Uh, just I don't get it. The grit and the willpower. I I, same. Like Chucky Hepburn <laughs> hit that big three. Max Klesman was hitting big threes, and they just they, they were gritty down the stretch. Yeah. I got another question. Who who was that playing that Journey song that you played? <laughs> that was T Pain. Have you ever heard of T Pain? That was awful. I thought <laughs> I, I was like, who's who's doing the karaoke here? <laughs> That's Tallahassee Pain. Yeah. I never liked those goofs at all they did. I mean, I liked a couple of Journey songs, but they do so many ballads that I just can't stand it. Yeah. 
quick story here. Uh, I was cruising around with a couple of guys. We were listening to some rock and roll, you know, and we were having fun. And then somebody slipped in air supply. Have you ever heard of air supply? Oh, of course. Making love out of nothing at all. I love air supply. Well, I, I can't stand it. When you, <laughs> no, I hate it. If, you, if your only music is love songs, just don't do it. I love so anyway, we're listening about. Yeah, sorry, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, go, go. Continue. Well, I was listening. We played about four or five of their air supply, and I'm just going crazy. And the guys are la- the guy with me, and he's laughing. And finally, he looks at me and goes, Does this mean we're gay? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're listening there. <laughs> and you guys started singing, uh, let's see, you're all out of love together and holding hands. Oh. Like, maybe we are. Maybe yeah, we're. like Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Good tune, man. Good tune, man. Good tune. I'm okay with it if you yeah. are. Hey, well, Todd, yeah. we, we know that you don't like Journey Air Supply or T Pain covering uh, Journey. I don't know if you did Air I Supply. I like a couple. I like a couple Journey songs, like "Wheel in the Sky" is really cool. There's oh, yeah. a couple rockers, Dude, but I way saw... too many of those lighter things that people used to in concert. They start their lighter and. Oh, Todd! You know. I saw Journey in concert a couple of years ago at the uh, Lion Energy Center, the Coliseum. It was freaking awesome, dude! I was belting along to "Don't Stop Believing" as loud as anyone else around me. It was it was awesome. It was really fun. <laughs> hey, Todd, right. you're, you're the man, Todd. Good stuff. All right, man. Take care. See you. And I don't know if Todd's gonna like this one coming up. I know Nelly is going to, and RJ will too. The same. This would be um. One time for the house. Would be That's Nelly, <laughs> not Nell, not Rowdy. This is Nelly. Pimp Juice. Rowdy, this jam. We were singing this yesterday, weren't we? Yeah, I saw this uh, music video on MTV way back in the day. Hell yeah. This is funny. Off of uh, the Badgers beating Oregon uh, last night, Dana Altman, not happy. So Wisconsin fans, I've noticed a lot of people that were poo-pooing and hating on the NIT, and I get it. Like, you want to be in March Madness. I understand it. I I get it. Like, who doesn't want to be in the big dance? But, you know, the trials and tribulations of life brought you to the NIT, and you got to make the best of it, as Greg Gard has said many times that they're going to. And that's what they've been doing. They've been vibing. They've been having a great time. They've been uh, smiling, playing great basketball. Last night was really fun. Uh, Oregon was a, a better team statistically. Ken Palm ratings, yada, yada, yada. Wisconsin got it done. It was a very entertaining game. Afterwards, they were all partying in the locker room. Dana Altman was, is the Oregon's head coach. He's pissed. Not because of what happened for on the court. It was what was around the court. So, Rowdy, when the Badgers took on Bradley, there was like 3,500 people at the Kohl Center. It was a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. They had two days to sell the tickets. All right? Well, And spring break during spring college. Break, yeah, and some other you know stuff going around as well. You fast forward a couple of days, you had the Badgers taking on Liberty at the Kohl Center. There was over 10,000 people there. There was almost 11,000 people there. And, and that was a Sunday morning. Yeah, 11 a.m. Sunday morning, and people were lit. Like, people were pumped. That was the most raucous I've seen the Kohl Center because you didn't have all the boomers sitting around in the in the lower bowl. You had people coming in and having a damn good time. And then last night in Oregon, Dana Altman, the Oregon head coach, pissed. 3,300 fans were estimated in attendance. This is what Dana Altman had to say about it. Quote, you see the commitment that Wisconsin makes with the cheerleaders, the band. We make a commitment, don't get me wrong, but you can see how important it is to them, Wisconsin. Dana Altman then says, it's important to me. We should have more people here. He says, all right, I mean, the guys played hard. For 3,300 people, that's not good enough. If it's me, then get rid of me, says Dana Altman. 
If you need someone else to be a promoter to do something, then get rid of me. But 3,300 people is embarrassing. I'm not in a very good mood, you can tell. And then he goes on to say, the Oregon head coach, if it's me, then make the change. Make the change now. Somebody will hire me somewhere. And then he says this, Rowdy. I'll go coach junior college ball. I love junior college ball. Those guys are dogs. They want to be in the gym all the time. I love those guys. But 3,300 people for Wisconsin, I'm disappointed. I appreciate the people who came. The 3,300 people who came, great. I appreciate them. The people who have stuck with us, again, I appreciate you, but I'm not a promoter. I'm not in public. I don't have Twitter and all that stuff. My job is to coach. He basically, well, he didn't basically. He did say, I'll go coach junior college ball for the disappointment he had in the fan base of Oregon that did not come out to cheer on the Ducks last night. That's hilarious. Like, again, it's the NIT, but it shows you how much some people still care about extra basketball. This is a chance for the Badgers to get better, and they are getting better. This is why I love the NIT, and I love CBI betting on it. It's like the lines are much softer, (laughs) and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Like, wouldn't you think that well, when you talk about like sports gambling aspect of it, normally they incorporate three to four points for home home court advantage. Yeah. Well, clearly, do you think there was three or four points worth of home court advantage with three thousand people in the in no. the seats? No. If you're sitting there at Oregon, no. Probably not. But then you flip that on Wisconsin, and even though they only had ten, eleven thousand on Sunday afternoon, Cloud it was loud, yeah. and you could hear them getting a little, you know, ruckus. It was. It was Starting to get loud in there. Yeah. I, people have bought into the NIT. People thought it for a I saw people t- talking mad well, snack about it, and the, now they're like, let's go, baby. Let's go to Vegas. When you've been to the NCAA tournament, what, 23 times in the last 25 years? Yeah. Th- you should be pissed off that you're in the NIT. And you never know how the team's going to come out and react when you have game one of the NIT, right? Are they going to be disappointed because they thought they were in? They were a bubble team, which felt like the last few weeks of the season, if they come out and play well, we're like, well, you know, analytics-wise, Bradley and Liberty might be slightly better than the Badgers, but come on, better players, better better athletes, better conference, blah, blah, blah. They should win. Well, they actually came out, and they played like they want to be there. Wisconsin could have bowed out yeah. to Bradley it's if they, they didn't want to play basketball. Up. Yeah. They want to play when, when you're a fan base and you're disappointed, but then you see that your team actually showed up and cared that it wanted to be there. Like I, I think this is 110% different if the Badgers would have got beat by Bradley and they looked no, totally, but everyone bought in piss on the NIT. It's stupid anyways, but now you're invested because it feels like the team's actually invested. Yeah. They've bought in. I mean, they're in that Gardo said it's never been effort. It's never been heart. It's never been passion. Um, you know, they're bought in and now Wisconsin fans are like, okay, cool. We're going to Vegas now. But that also being said, friendly for the NIT is not where you want to be next year. Well, no, obviously, but we did this one. People that get pissed when you say you're pissed about it, like, you can be upset with the Badgers, but eventually you've got to come around and be like, all right, we're in the NIT. Let's make the best of it. And that's exactly what the Badgers are doing. Uh, th- this whole team could be back next year. They're playing extra basketball, growing as a team, getting better on the court, and then you use that next year to whoop, use it as a springboard into more pl- back to March Madness. And speaking of March Madness and the Wisconsin and the, the Ducks of Oregon, Wisconsin now, the fourth time Wisconsin and Oregon have met in the postseason – with the first three coming in the NCAA tournament, the Badgers now improved to three and one in those games against the Oregon Ducks. 
harkening back to the better memories, right, of the March Madness tournament and Badgers, you know, seeming to you know, have to have the thorn in their side that is the Ducks and then getting it. And now Wisconsin's got 20 wins on the year. They're 15th time in the last 17 seasons. The Badgers have won at least 20 games. That's pretty badass. So there's a lot of cool things going on in the NIT. Is it the NIT? Yes. But is it still a good thing? Yes. So there you go. Little NIT tirade. Dana Altman said he'd go coach junior ball. <laughs> now, <laughs> earlier in the show, I mentioned to you about watching the CBI. And the first game of the CBI, you, you had Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, th- these aren't well-known teams. These aren't no. good teams. These, You had Eastern Kentucky versus CBI. Southern Utah. How many times have you watched Southern Utah or Eastern Kentucky ever play? I think I may have accidentally watched an Eastern Kentucky one time. Couldn't tell you when, though. No one's ever watched Eastern <laughs> Kentucky or Southern Utah couldn't, play. Couldn't tell you when. But it's hilarious because you're wa- it, it's down in Daytona Beach. Spring break and season, it's baby. all these random teams that... You know, they had decent seasons for small, you know, non-Power 5 conferences, but they didn't win their conference. They weren't even necessarily top two or three in their conference, but they had decent seasons for them. I mean, UW-Milwaukee was there. Mm-hmm. Who lost right away? We, If Dana Altman is bitching about 3,300 people being in attendance, and it's a team that has Sweet 16 pedigree in Oregon... <laughs> good luck. Good luck. He should see the fans that came out to the CBI. Yeah, Rowdy Rowdy was able to count the fans. Now, the first game tipped off at 6, so being played in Florida would have been 7 our time. That game had a sparse crowd. That Again, that was Southern Utah, Eastern Kentucky. The late game that tipped that, and it ended up tipping later because it's all in the same the gym, other, right? Yeah, because the other game went to double overtime. Yeah. It didn't tip until like 8.45, so 9.45 CBI time in Florida. Oof-ta. I could count the number of people on the TV screen. I finally had to stop it because it was too funny. I'm like, I got to get a legit number here. And how many, Rowdy? I got to 57. <laughs> now, granted, it's the same camera angle, and I, you know, you can't tell if there is a stand, you know, in front of like where that camera angle is. You can yeah. only see the stands behind. Yeah. I counted 57 in the stands that you could see when they were completely zoomed out. So like the whole one side and it was one of those almost like high school basketball gyms where there are no, there is no upper deck. There is no sides like behind the hoops. It's non-existent. It's a wall. I just want to see you in front of your TV with it paused and counting. I I was counting three, (laughs) 57. Now your dad like, what the hell are you doing? No, he's, dude, it was, it was in the second half. Oh, he was, he was sawing logs. Yeah. But, like, the best part about it is I'm sure that if there was a second, uh, you know, part where there were fans where we couldn't see because they were sitting on the other side, I can't imagine there was that many more than there were on the other side. No. I couldn't be like, oh, well, right side's full up and we can't see it, but the left side, the one they put on TV, has got 50 people. So I'm going to guess that there was less than 120 people at that late night CBI game. Yet the attendance, they claim to have over 900. Yeah, not at all. There's no way. I don't think there was 900 in both games combined. Well, what would you want to do if you're in Daytona Beach? 
go watch two teams you've never heard of play maybe, basketball? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the session was 900 and you basically oh, yeah, bought se- a ticket yeah, and got a, into both games. Because I'm sure it's a session. I could maybe believe that, especially if like the side that you couldn't see also had fans. I would believe 900 for the entire two-game session. That makes sense. Everything. That, because seriously, there wasn't more than 100 people during the well, second game. Well, you're at game. Daytona Beach during spring break. What are you going to do? Watch two two teams that like fight to breathe and tie their shoes or go maybe, and party on the beach. Maybe the lack of fans is also why the CBI charges over 27 grand for you to play in it. Totally. <laughs> because they weren't going to make their money back from food, beverages, and tickets. I think the only people that were there are the friends and family because it had to be that. Uh, yeah, because it's got to be like immediate family and like best friends. Because <laughs> yes. I don't think like second cousins are coming. No, to that. no, no. It's a, I think it was immediate family, <laughs> maybe some people that lived in the area, and then the only people that really watched it were people that were betting on it. Yes, like, or or like you. okay, people that were betting on it, and or people that couldn't find their remote. And it was happened to be on ESPN two or people that um, I bet you I, I guarantee you there was at least one person that was like had a fever for March Madness but they didn't know much about basketball so they tuned in like oh honey March Madness is back on I'm gonna go watch it someone who totally thought it was like March Madness I'll tell you what Charlotte Radford <laughs> Charlotte Radford Radford when one came in with a pace of 362 and the other one came in with a pace of 317 and there's only 363 teams in Division One basketball, it was a slow game. And I, I know I said this, but there was less than four minutes left. It was like 40-some to 30-some. It was some bad basketball. Some bad hombres out there, Rowdy. But you know what? We love the CBI. We know the CBI. We're going to win with the CBI. You're undefeated in the CBI. Never Give Lost. me more CBI. I would love to know the ratings. Because uh, it was on ESPN2, right? It was on ESPN2. Now, hey, the championship game, one of the first games we gave out on the Razor's Edge, it's actually ESPN2 once again, 4 o'clock. Let's go, baby. ESPN2. 4 o'clock championship game, ESPN2. I'm surprised they didn't put, like, the CBI and, like, ESPNU. When's the last time you heard of a championship game out at 4 p.m.? On a Wednesday. <laughs> the CBI, baby. Let's go. Uh, Badgers, by the way, in the final four for the NIT, March 28th against North Texas. Who's on the other side? I should probably go look. Um, oh, they play tonight. Oh, yeah. That's the other games that we bet on. It's uh, Oh, yeah, 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 right. It's you, it's, um, yeah, you have Vanderbilt Vandy, taking on UAB, and you have Cincinnati taking yeah, on Utah, Utah Valley. Valley. Let's go. Line one. Good morning, who's this? Hey, it's Mark the Virgin. Oh, Mark A. What's up, Mark? Mark, did you call in on Friday and... I don't think we got to you. So yeah, no, I was I was busy. It it was you know I had a I literally had a bloody mary in my hand when I was going to take your phone call. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Hey, if if a bloody mary keeps you from taking my call this time, no, no, no. It was it was just you know it was, we were kind of drunk, so we were rambling. <laughs> hey, I, so I just had to call in. I'm loving the CBI talk. <laughs> Um, I think the CBI should consider CGI to put some fans in the stands. Yes. They, oh, dude, in 2020, there was uh, – who was putting fake fans no, in the stands? Was it, it was baseball? baseball. They had yeah. like their cardboard cutouts. Yeah, they, you could pay. That would be another no, way that you could they were doing. Money. They were doing CGI fans, too, during 2020, the COVID nonsense. Yes. Yeah, where did all those COVID cardboard cutouts go? Well, they uh, actually they went to your landfill. Yeah. 
like like all the other dumbass stuff. That, uh, I think it probably in like some people's like basements too. Like you don't want to know. So, some some people are weird, Mark. They're Man, weird. the CBI they didn't have. So I did I did some. There's no money in the CBI. the CBI, Mark, and they didn't have the CBI in 20 and 21. They're like hell yeah, it's 2022. Let's get this thing back show on the road, <laughs> and we thank them for that. But they missed their opportunity not having it in 2020, 2021. God. That could have been the most fans they ever had, even if they were fake cardboard cutouts. But people still would have paid. For it. Mark, you brought up the you brought up a burning question for me. I haven't even thought about it. It never crossed my mind. What happened to all the cardboard cutouts? There was there was Wisconsin was even doing it. You could pay like ten bucks to get your face on one. What happened to they're, them? They're all sitting in a warehouse somewhere, and the night janitor is scared as hell. <laughs> Having to walk around there. Well, the night janitor would probably turned the lights on. It's like a like he's practicing a stand up routine. He's on a stage, like talking into his mop, like he's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> what happened to them all, man? Well, I think uh, I think if Rowdy keeps winning with the CBI, we might see him in the stand try, <laughs> trying to influence the outcome of a game or two. They'd be able to hear him because there's no one else there. So yeah. <laughs> and let's kick it to Rowdy. He's got an exclusive interview live from the CBI. Hey, everyone, I'm actually here in the stands. Yeah, no one's around me. Hey. You can hear a pin drop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Mark the Virgin, how are we feeling about uh, the whole Rodgers situation? I don't think I've asked you. I don't think I've talked to you in a while. So how are we feeling about it? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's. I, I think. I think the Packers need to get as much as they can for him. What if they get a half-drink Bloody Mary? Is that enough? <laughs> well, I think at this point, like like these days, everybody tries to be the nice guy. Nobody wants to be painted as the bad Push guy. The bad We're guy. also PC. Yeah. I, I say F your feelings. Hell yeah! Get get whatever you can for this guy. If he's happy with it or not, who cares? He's he's already kind of unhappy with the way things Yeah. So you want to be the so. bad guy. Let's get what we can for this guy and and, and F his feelings. The team. Yeah, F him. <laughs> I wish I could say it. I really want to say it right now. Hey, you got the dump button. You can, uh... I know. I gotta. We got. We got. We got Potosi back, and I gotta be in a good behavior right now. I gotta be a good boy. So I, I want to get a beard. Will, maybe, uh, maybe I'll swear. I'll have some good stories for you guys in a couple weeks. Here, I am flying out to L.A. on Sunday. The hell are you doing out there? Uh, I got my my brother in law and his family out there, and uh, oh, cool! We'll have fun, dude. We're going to be partying with some some punk rockers and eating some In and Out Burger. Is In and Out better than Culver's? Uh, people try to tell me that, but I can't believe it. Well, oh well, I have some Culver's news too, and I'll, I'll get back to you on which is better. I've never had In and Out. Okay, okay, okay. I'll have I have it Sunday night. It's going to be our first meal. What's the Culver's there, news? But, but here's the Culver's news. I live in Oregon, and oh Culver's yeah, open. I think it opened on Monday. Is that your first Culver's in Oregon? Yep. Wow. We we have been trying to get that thing in here for years. Oh, Oregon just Oregon just jumped up many pegs in the book, dude. Well done. It's been decades in the making. It's right off 14. Um, Make, you'll be waiting an hour to get a meal. There, that's fine. But... It's worth it. Make sure you order your fries extra crispy. Extra crispy. Extra crispy. There you go. And the cheese curds, too. It's the way to go. Or onion rings. Extra crispy. There's a, there's, but, there's a button for it. I'm not kidding. But here's the thing. That being said, Culver's is still the second best burger in Oregon. Who's the first? The best burger is Ace's Main Tap. Oh, dude, I haven't been. Off to go. 